Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much for joining us wherever you are, whatever platform you are listening to us on. I think by the time this episode releases, this will be episode 50, which is incredible that we've already done 50 episodes. So as always, I say it every episode, as always, uh, thank you so much for your support, for spreading this podcast, spreading the word to everybody and just sharing it with people and, and spreading uh, the great conversations that I get to have with these guests. And those conversations are going to continue here on this episode because this topic is very topical for a lack of a better term, because by the time this episode is released, a lot of you are going to be right in the thick of your season. A lot of you will have been playing games and a lot of you will be looking at film, not just of upcoming opponents, but of past games that you've coached, looking to find ways to improve, looking to find ways to get better, and just in general, breaking down film. And that is the topic of today's episode, which is going to be specifically about breaking down film and going over film after a loss, how to dissect that film, how to take what you've learned, give that information to your players, apply it so that you're better the next time. We're really going to get into some nuts and bolts here about breaking down film, specifically uh, after a losing effort. So I'm very happy to be joined by Coach uh, Philip McCaslin, who's going to talk to us about this topic. Coach, how are things going today? Hey, they're great. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, appreciate you guys doing this, promoting the game of basketball. Uh, more people that can talk about this great game, more opportunity we have. Uh, film something that we, we take a lot of pride in, so I'm super excited to to get on here and chat a little bit. Um, just more opportunity to help grow this great game that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to give you the platform to do so. So coach, before uh, we get started, let's go ahead and get started with your uh, basketball journey, your coaching yep. journey. Where, where's the game kind of taking you and the coaching journey taking you? Well, um, you know, obviously I'm in Texas. Uh, you know, right now I work at a, a school just outside of Waco called Kachana Spring. Uh, this is my second year there. Uh, and this is, I guess, my 10th year overall uh, coaching. And, you know, I've kind of just coached around the state. Um, you know, it's my sixth year, I guess, as a head coach and a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Coached at a lot of little schools, a lot of big schools, you know. So I've kind of gotten an opportunity to see a lot of different basketball. Um, you know, I've coached girls for a year one time uh, and then uh, been on the boys' side for the last nine years. And, uh, you know, that really getting into coaching I, I you know I didn't know being in Texas I didn't know if I was going to be a football coach or a basketball coach and I kind of thought I'd be a little bit of both but uh you know there, I don't think there's anything anything better than being able to be a basketball coach and so uh you know and obviously I'm biased but uh you know it's it's been the greatest job I could have ever asked for is being able to coach basketball at a high level um being able to teach this game to kids and uh so that's a little bit about me, kind of where I've been around, um, but definitely, definitely happy with where I'm at and, you know, what, what I've been able to be doing. 
So I'm always curious because I've had a couple guests uh, on who are from Texas. And for, for those who don't know, uh, maybe those who are listening internationally, specifically Texas, huge football state. Football is incredibly important over there in Texas. And so I'm always curious for basketball coaches like yourself over in Texas. Do you find yourself having to kind of navigate the fact that football is king and that football seems to be all important in Texas. Is that a situation that you've dealt with uh, in your Absolutely. coaching career? Yeah. I'm just curious what that's been like. Absolutely. And I think you made, made the, the, the correct word is the word is navigate. You know, you can't, uh, you can't ever think that you're going to defeat it. And the word, you really got to embrace it. You got to embrace mm -hmm. how you, you work with it and how you, how you embrace the good that comes from football and the culture that football creates in the school. Sure. Um, Cause football can, can create a culture in a school really unlike any other sport that we have in our state, just because it's important to the community and the people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, as a basketball coach, there's things that you need to get done and accomplished and goals that you have as a program as well. And, pride that you take in your program so uh, the word is like you said navigate and without a doubt that's a it's there's challenging days but there's also really rewarding days with it and so being able to navigate football is just part of being a basketball coach in Texas um, and you know it's just kind of the reality and you know uh, it's just about embracing it and like you said trying to find a way to, to make the best of it. Sure and I think that's something you brought up about the culture that that football brings or maybe if you're mm -hmm. at a school where a different sport is like really popular really important to that community that it might be important as a coach to kind of think about okay what kind of culture does that sport kind of create what kind of culture and momentum does that sport sort of have in the community and how can you as a basketball coach maybe sort of like take some of that or kind of steal yeah, some of that yeah, energy for yourself absolutely. and for your program figure out well, hey, what's working for for them that's getting you know everybody excited and everybody interested and how can I steal some of that for my own program I know that um it's great when you know football's really excited and people are really pumped about football then oh man it's basketball season people stay just as excited about that uh yeah I can imagine that that would be uh, pretty great to kind of have that almost like year round uh, intense sporting uh, culture. <laughs> and that's, and that's, you know, we're, we're kind of a, we're blessed to, you know, I'm very blessed to be at a school where we have a lot of success in a lot of sports. And so, yeah. you know, just having a culture of winning in your school, mm -hmm. um, I, it just does, it, 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 it's monumental for every part of your school from, you know, your drama club to your band, to your football team, to your soccer team, to your basketball team, when you have that culture of winning across your campus, um, it just it just does wonders for just the little everyday wins, so to speak, sure. you know, win in the process. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's without a doubt, you know, the word is, you know, just navigating. And, you know, that's part of high school athletics, being able to navigate, you know. Um, you know, last year we, we had a uh, one of our all district posts, you know, he made it to all state choir, you know, and so when we're at kind of the level that we're at and, you know, we had to work out some conflicts and some things yeah. like that. And that's, but it just kind of says that, you know, like we said, the culture of being mm -hmm. successful that we have. Yeah, no, that, no that's great. That, that's really cool to hear. Now, uh, our topic, as we kind of mentioned, is going to be about uh, breaking down film and, and going over film, kind of specifically after a loss. I want to thank you because I know that kind of talking about uh, breaking down film after losing efforts specifically. So I know that uh, it could be a little touchy, I know, for some coaches. So thank you for, for being willing to, to talk about it. But before I even get into kind of the guts of this topic, uh, I, I'm curious because for a lot of young coaches specifically, 
the idea of breaking down film is kind of like, oh, like, where do I start? Like, what do I do? Like, what does the process even look like? So I'm curious for you, how you watch film like what what is your setup what are what is your process for doing it has it always been the same has it changed throughout the years like how do you kind of attack game film so to speak well that's um uh, you know that's a great question uh and i think you said you know I, i've had to evolve kind of how i do it but mm -hmm. to me you know we ask really um a few specific questions and then the kid the kids have that those questions but when i watch i grade their film the same way and I grade, they get an offensive grade and a defensive grade. And then the only stats that we chart in our locker room, we chart charges in terms of if they've attempts and takes in terms of how many charges they attempted to take and then how many they took. And then we chart dives and then possessions. And so those are the only things that I, in terms of I actually stat. You know, I don't do points and rebounds. You know, we send it off to a program that does that. And I'll, I'll maybe look at that once a month but the only thing that's on our in our locker room is a board that that really has whether how many for the season, how many dives in terms of how many times you dove on the floor and possessions, and then how many charges you attempted and, and, and have taken. Um, and so what that does is it really shows because those are the two things where you are clearly selling out, in our opinion, to try to save possessions and try to create momentum plays. And, and the kids can then see it through the year. And as they see it, you know, there's a ton of accountability that comes with that. Because, you know, you look at player Y, and, and player Y's got 20 attempts and 12 takes through five games. You go, man, this guy is selling out for us. Yeah. And then player X has, you know, one attempt and one take uh, through five games. And you go, well, I don't know how much this guy's really selling out. And so, and then how I watch it, you know, when we grade it, you know, they get a plus minus grade. And, and really we grade offensive, defensive, and culture. And so, you know, offensively, we really grade in three areas. You know, do you value the basketball? Can you execute your assignment? And then can you, uh, can you execute your transition assignment? You know, are you getting back? Are you crashing the glass? We crash the glass a lot. We have a lot of big athletic kids. You know, the joke I always say is as long as the ball hits the rim, we're going to have a chance. I don't care how it gets there. I just want the ball on the rim. And so, yeah. so um, and then defensively, we grade, you know, do we communicate? Do we jump to the ball? And do we block out? And, and those are really the three things. And so when they get a plus minus grade, it may look, you know, for example, offensive grade, you know, let's say a player is getting pressed and he gets trapped and he pivots through the trap, splits the trap, makes a bounce pass to a teammate. Well, he's going to get a plus right there. And let's say then the next possession, that player is getting trapped on the sideline and he dribbles down the sideline with his head down and he dribbles right into a trap in the front court and turns it yeah. over, that's going to be a minus. And then at the end of the game, you know, I may look and player Z has, you know, plus six on offense overall. And so then I'll post that grade with their kind of attempts and their takes and their dives and possessions. And so they'll get that offensive grade and then that defensive grade. And so the way we do it is, is really just so we can see throughout the year, you know, when we watch this game film, are their grades consistent? Are they improving? And then I also look at well, what's been consistent in terms of why are they grading high or why are they grading low? And it just gives me another data point that I can see rather than something, um, you know, that, that may not tell me as much, such as a plus minus stat or, a, mm -hmm. you know, a VORP stat or, you know, or, you know, PER stat or something like that. Sure. Uh, you know, I think it gives me a better feel of how they actually played. 
how long is that process of of going through a game and, and doing this and in my mind this seems like it might take a while and i might, might be right or might be wrong how long does it kind of take you to go through a, through a game and is it just you doing it does your staff get involved what's that process like well you know obviously um being in Texas, it's just me grading the film. Um, you know, I, I've only got a two-man staff, or I guess a three-man okay. staff total. Uh, I've got two assistants. They're both good guys. They do a great job. I've, uh, uh, but they've got, you know, our freshman team, our JV team. They've got a lot of duties. You know, they, uh, uh, in terms of, they still have football duties they have to complete. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, us kind of getting together to watch film is, you know, time is, is always rare. So usually I'm the one um, that kind of, you know, does it. We, we will watch scout film together and I'll send them scout film that I want. Or if I may uh, send them quarters in terms of, and I'll ask them to watch a specific quarter and say, you know, what did you guys see in this quarter that worked well? What kid played well? If, especially if I'm trying to get another opinion on something. And it really doesn't take as long as you think, you know, honestly, you know, if an hour and a half game, um, I can usually do it in about the same amount of game time. So, you know, if we've got a 7.30 tip at home and I'm back at the house at 9.30, you know, I, I turn on the tape and, you know, I can usually have it graded in, in, in the way I want it probably by, you know, 11.15, 11.30. So it's not a, uh, you know, like I said, the plus minus, because I'm only asking three questions. I never asked, did they make the shot or, you know, did they, did they pass, you know, was it a bounce pass or a chest pass or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Did they set their screen? You know, it's really just, are, are we take care of the ball? Do we know what we're supposed to do on the offensive end? And then do we execute and transition? You know, do we crash or do we get back? And so I think by limiting the questions, it keeps it clear for the kids what we're expecting from them, and it keeps it clear for me. And I know a couple people who just heard you say that you do film after a game, like right after a game, I, I know a few people in particular mm -hmm. who are listening whose eyebrows are raising at that because I know some coaches who after a game, especially if it's a loss, they're, they're done. They can't even think about the game and then they're, they got to go to bed. They got to do something else, but you don't have that problem. You can break down that film right away and, and you're, you're on to the next. Is, is that kind of like your philosophy? You know, uh, I, I don't know another way to do, you know, the way our, uh, you know, league and or is set up, you know, we play Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, if you think about it, you know, if we have a Tuesday night game, we want to watch film on Wednesday and I want to have a grade for them so they know what they, they can compare their own grade to when they watch film. And then Wednesday afternoon, we need to start at least preparing for what we're going to do on Friday for Friday's opponent. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, we just uh, – and so, you know, usually a lot of times I'll, I'll have the film graded Tuesday night. I may go back through Wednesday morning before I might see the kids. But by Wednesday afternoon, I, you know, basketball is one of those things is, you know, you just don't have time to enjoy the wins or the losses. You know, you just uh, – it's, uh, it's what makes this great game. And, and, you know, there's so many opportunities to play that you, you, there's, just not a, there's just not enough time for celebration or sorrow. So – it's kind of that that onto the next. So I guess it is a little bit different in than football, where you know you have the week in between games, and maybe you can sure. take a night and have like the weekend. Yep. But but if you're of the mindset of hey, like we got another game coming in a couple of days, mm -hmm. so I gotta get this game done, make sure yep. I'm ready for the next game. Then 
uh, you know, time is of the essence, I, I, you know, I, I suppose. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I want to ask about the plus minus system real quick that you have. Mm -hmm. um, one of the examples that you gave uh, was about like taking care of the ball. Are all mm -hmm. of the pluses and minuses equal? So if, you know, a, a big man doesn't take care of the ball, uh, I'm just throwing out an example, you know, they have the ball yep. and, and they're they're dribbling down court for whatever reason, who knows, and they, sure. they're not able to take care of the ball and they make a mistake versus, you know, your point guard who always has the ball in your hands. I guess my question is, are all of those pluses and minuses equal? Are there different things taken into, into account when you do that? That's a great question. Uh, I, I'll, you know, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I, I've run into that dilemma a lot of times because, you mm -hmm. know, how do you value in the second quarter, you know, uh, a missed blockout and, you know, you give that kid a minus versus, you know, you're down one late and on the free throw blockout, the kid doesn't block out the shooter and the shooter comes in to get the rebound. You know, you mm -hmm. want to make that minus big you know I'll, I'll even I'll, when I do it on my paper I, you know I'm still kind of old school I film by hand with a pen and paper and you know and I grade the film you know I'll have a big minus when something like that goes on it takes up you know half the page but the way you look at it is the same way we look at film and in, in terms of the game is it's a process it, you know it's not one or lost on one possession it's not one or lost you know with one play and so you know, with that being said, every successful play, every time we successfully value the ball or block out, you know, that kid deserves that positive. You know, he, he doesn't choose always, you know, we can't just choose to perform in big moments or at certain times, you know, it's all about the process and, and mm -hmm. it's choosing to perform at a consistent rate. Um, but I agree, I, you know, I've run into that dilemma many a times. And so to, to be honest, no, all of them are equaled out the same in terms of, you know, if that guard, dribbles into, you know, into pressure into the front court after breaking it and throws up some sort of garbage floater. Um, you know, that's the same minus as if the big man, you know, caught the ball at midcourt and took three steps before he started to dribble and travel. You know, we, we view both of those as not – that's why we use the phrase value the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, one is a turnover, one is a bad shot, but there's still not value in the basketball. Sure. And so um, – and, you know, a lot of times if a turnover is, you know, that guard shouldn't have thrown it to the big man, they both get a minus. Big man needs to learn how to step to the ball and, you know, obviously catch it with two feet and two hands and then mm -hmm. pivot before he dribbles. And the guard needs to know that he shouldn't throw it to our post running the pipe. He needs to throw it to the pitch ahead man and let him throw it to him when he's at the rim. And, you know, so, you know, both of them, both of them are going to get a minus on that play. Mm -hmm. um, I have no problem handing out minuses and, you know, pluses are <laughs> sometimes harder to earn, but, uh, sure. and that's kind of how we, uh, but, uh, without a doubt, that's a great, great point. I, I personally haven't discovered how to kind of weight them more, but, um, I think it just goes back to just trusting and, and believing in the process of the game. Yeah. I, I think I personally would probably get lost in the weeds too much. Then I'd have to start having like a weighting scale for my pluses and my minuses. And <laughs> exactly. It might, might become yeah. too much math for me, especially if I want to get it done in an hour, an hour and a half using that system. Yeah. Now I wanted Absolutely. to, I wanted to make sure that kind of touched on specifically like the, the process after a loss to a team that that you would consider to be like a like a tougher team and a team that mm -hmm. maybe um it, it, i'm not going to say you're expecting to lose to them but like it, it was a hard fought game and it was a team that you knew was going to be tough going in into it are is your process at all different i know you still do the pluses and i know you still do the minuses but are there different things that you might look for when you know you're playing against you know one of those more top level contender type teams 
Absolutely. You know, we, we don't change necessarily how we watch the film, but mm -hmm. what we will change is um, we're going to be very intentional about, you know, we always ask the questions, how do we win? You know, how, how do you win, you know, and how we, how we believe we win versus in uh, how do you lose? And what we're going to look at when we look at the film, we're going to watch, you know, uh, those specific, when we talk about the questions, the things that we needed to do to try to win. So let's say we're playing a much tougher, more athletic team that, that love to press. And, you know, we said, you know, we cannot have live ball turnovers um, by passing the ball. You know, if you're going to turn the ball over, pivot for five seconds and let us set up our defense. And, you know, sure. I mean, you know, whatever, we'll play five on five. We just can't throw the ball away and let them get <laughs> Just up. throw the ball out of bounds rather than give yeah. up a turnover. So, yeah, I, I get you. Um, and so what we'll do is we may clip those plays, you know, and let's say we had nine live ball turnovers and they got 14 points off of it. We may clip those plays and talk about specifically what we didn't do and what we're going to have to do when we play an opponent like that in the future. And so I think when you play a team that you know is better than you, and you got to look at very, you got to be excel in a certain categories. I think your kids need to see what they did well as well against those. And so we'll look at a couple opportunities. We'll clip some plays where we have the kids take care of the ball against live ball pressure and not turn it over. Or if they do turn it over, it's a dead ball turnover or, you know, something like that. And so we'll clip that and talk about, you know, how do we find more of these types of plays and how do we minimize those other plays? And so when you're, Playing a better team, I think you have to be very intentional about what you're doing and very specific. And so we just try to be specific. We try not to worry about, you know, names or rankings or, you know, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Everyone's got a number, um, you know. And, and so, you know, I don't know anybody else's names on the other team. It's not to be offensive, but, you know, somebody's, you know, some sort of five-star all-star. He's number four in our on our scout report, you know. Sure. And so um, – and that's kind of how we, I kind of approach it. And, you know, we try to approach it as well as just being specific about it. And I think that really helps rather than worrying about trying to do anything grandiose. Well, I, I know that in, in my situation, one of the things that, that I've had come up sometimes, like looking over film, losing to a team that's a tough team is all of a sudden I have like 25 things that I see that are just like stick out to me like live ball turnovers might be you know number 10 out of the list of 25 things that I see sure. so for so for you when, when you see this and, and I think all coaches kind of fall in this trap where they just see like everything negative and they see every single thing that they want to fix you know right at that moment are there certain things that that, that you emphasize are there certain things that you have to make sure that get fixed when you see it on film like okay we lost this game and I see all these little things that we can do but we got to make sure we like do this or, or focus on this what, what's that mentality like boy that's a that's a great it's <laughs> a great question that is so tough uh you know because us as coaches I think we just naturally want to uh we want to make it right yep. you know we know what it's supposed to look like and we want to make it right um and because when it's right, it's awesome. And, you know, and we all know that it's, it's an unbelievable feeling when your team is, is right and when they're playing right. And, uh, and that's a hard concept to get to. I think what we try to do is we try to make sure when there is something that we know we have to fix, um, you know, for instance, we had a tough loss a couple weeks ago and, and we didn't block out 
we didn't block out anybody. We couldn't. Have, we didn't block out the people in the stands. We didn't block out the concession stand, the ticket taker. We didn't block out the the kids playing in the parking lot. We didn't block out anybody. And so what we did is I actually clipped some plays from earlier in the week in a different game, and I kind of put them of us actually blocking out, and I showed just our different effort level. Same kids, same types of shots, and I tried to mirror them as close as possible. Um, and, and I think you just have to highlight what's important to you. And you got to fix that and you got to show them kind of specifically the differences of what it looks like when we do it right and what it looks like when we do it wrong. And mm -hmm. I think when, you know, when kids see that on film and they say, hey, on Tuesday, I did this, you know, I was on the backside of a corner three and I went and found my man and blocked out and secured the long rebound versus on this time I'm on the backside of the corner three and I ran to the rim and the ball went over the top of me and got kicked out for another another three. And they see uh, it's the same thing. And it, it, I think it instills confidence because they see themselves do it correctly. And, and if you don't have games, you do it correctly, film practice and then compare practice. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I've had to do that. You know, there's been lean years before that I've had and there wasn't a whole lot of highlights and games I could compare to. And so we'd film practice and show the differences and practice in games and say, we can do this. And so I think you got to give your kids confidence in specifics. And I, I mean, I, I've been there just with the blackout example. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I was breaking down a film and I think I saw like 20 straight possessions of like one player in particular who didn't block anyone out. And then finally on the 21st one, I, I saw her block someone out and I was like, okay, I have to clip this one because I have to have something yep. positive. Because I think, like you said, yep. it's really easy to kind of bury your team and all the things that they do wrong. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that's the best way to, to kind of go about it. I don't think the players will necessarily respond that way. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of us have had coaches that have kind of taught that way, just bury you if everything you do wrong and, you know, you better fix it. Oh, but I, but, but I, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tricky balance, I, I think. I, I've been that coach, you know, and so <laughs> trust me, I, I've, I've been that coach that was sat in the film room with a laser pointer. And man, I, I mean, we wouldn't get past – you know, it would take us 45 minutes to watch three possessions um, because I would just kind of hammer away and hammer away. And um, and I kind of had to evolve. And that's why I, I really went to my three questions for offense, defense, and culture. Um, just because I was like, you know what? I got to we got to I got to pick what's going to be important to me and what we value as a program. And and boy, trust me, every time we set a bad screen, I want to give that kid 12 minuses. But at the same time and you know I want to watch that clip for 40 minutes but at the same time we got to move on and you know and, and yes he's got to get better and we're going to do drills to set better screens and things like that but then you got to highlight the things that you do well and you got to make sure that you're improving in those areas that you have to take care of to win the game and so mm -hmm. you know I, I think that's kind of how uh, I've had to kind of learn to approach it and I, and I think that 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 just helps with just focusing in on specific things in general or the things that your, your program values or that you value as a sure. coach where there's certain things that, you know, you don't necessarily want to, to like let go, but there are certain things that, and you can probably speak to this, that if you see it on film, like you want to stop, pause everything and be like, absolutely not. Whatever this I just saw on film, like this cannot happen again. And that would be something yep. that you would like want to emphasize and want to go over, especially if it yep. is after a loss and maybe it was even a close loss and you're like, okay, there might be 25 other things I, I want to correct, but like absolutely this one particular thing has to be remedied and my, and I'm going to make sure my team knows it. Are you, it seems like you have certain things that fit that criteria. Uh, you know, I, absolutely. I, I think one of the big things, you know, 
to me, those, those two things that you just, you know, we always talk, you know, your defense sets your floor as a team. Mm -hmm. You know, there are no bad teams that play great defense. Um, you know, there's a lot of bad teams that can shoot the lights out of the ball. Uh, you know, but there are no bad teams that play great defense. And so your defense sets your floor. And for us, really the two things is that are just, you know, no excuses, no questions, no discussion is, is we're going to be the first to the floor on loose balls. We're going to block out and we're going to run back in transition. And so, you know, if we see anything like that, you know, we see a kid getting beat on loose ball or just a missed block out or a kid walking back in transition or not running back and you know we're going to highlight those and I and, and they know and I think we've done a good enough job is it doesn't matter if we lost by one or 40 or one by 50 if we see something like that we're going to stop it and we're going to we're going to make sure we highlight that and fix it right then and there sure. you know a thing like a kid getting stripped at midcourt or a travel you know those are process mistakes and, and you know we can that, that's about being good about what are we doing in practice to improve this uh, but those three, those, those are, are some non-negotiables for us. Well, I, I think that's a good distinction and something that I'd like to think I've gotten a little bit better at is, is differentiating between like effort versus like process. What are the things that are teachable versus what are the things of the, you just have to give effort and have to be trying. And, yeah. and if you're not doing that, then that isn't teachable. You know, like you said, like not, not getting on the floor for loose ball or not, you know, running back after a turnover or whatever those case may be. Like those are the things that don't require any basketball skills. So if you're not doing that, no. then what happened here? No. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I totally get that. Uh, absolutely. Now I wanted to touch on kind of on the, on the other uh, side of that coin when, when it's a loss to a team where either they upset you or it's like a game that you you watch the film and you're like okay we we had this game like what happened like we lost it rather than the other team won um are, are, is it the same process are there certain other things you look for because I can imagine for me it would be tough to look at that game maybe the same way if I was like oh man this is a team I know we should have beat I may have I may look at the film a little bit differently do you do that or is it the same process you know uh, it it's really tough to take out emotion, you know, we try to be, <laughs> yep. you know, um, and especially when I try to grade it afterwards, I, I really try not to, uh, and I, I don't always do a good job of it, but I, mm -hmm. I try to take emotion as much as you can out. And you always have to ask the question, why did we win or why did we lose? Mm -hmm. And and then when you know the why, you know, a lot of times I think us as coaches, you know, it, it's a one point game one way or another, and, and, you know, we celebrate one and, we, and, we, and we're miserable on the other. And you got to be able to identify why did we win or why did we lose? And, um, and so when you lose to an inferior team or you lose to a team that you believe you got more talent than, you got to look at why. And you got to look at why did we lose. And sometimes it is that they had more talent than you think. And maybe you didn't identify the talent well. And then sure. why you lost was, you know, you know, I'd have to ask the question. I've had this before. We lost because I didn't identify the talent very well. I didn't watch the scout film well. I didn't put us in a good position to win the game. Um, but a lot of times it's usually for uh, mistakes that you've got to identify. Um, and, you know, for instance, like I said, we lost to a team. I believe we had more talent than a few weeks ago. We had to identify it. We didn't block out. And we gave up too many second chances. It put us in bad foul situations. Got to let them get in the bonus um, and they struggled to score and it let them get to the free throw line. And so we had to look at it. We watched a lot of clips of us not blocking out. 
And then we were intentional about in practice, blocking out. And we talked about playing time and how you're going to earn it by blocking out. And I think you have to, you know, you got to identify why you lose when you lose to a team. And then you've got to be intentional about fixing it and fixing it fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think you can try to play long games when you lose to a team, you know, and talk about process. Because when you lose to a team that you got more talent than or you believe you have more talent than, it's usually an egregious error, like blocking out bad shot selection, fouling, um, you know, things that you, you just can't do to be a successful team. And if this, in this particular instance, and you can speak if you have uh, examples mm-hmm. about this, where maybe you lose to a team you feel like you had more talent than, or as a team that you were supposed to beat, and maybe, you know, your team didn't block out like they were supposed to, but that team is also one that you're going to see again later in the season. When you're communicating that message to your players, are you – you know, focusing on, hey, like we just need to make sure that that we block out and and also do all of these other things. Do you communicate like a different message when you lose to a team you're supposed to, but you know you're going to play them again? How do you sort of navigate that? Do you have to re-scout them? I'm I'm curious about what your approach is for maybe the next time you're going to play that team. You know, absolutely. I think the big thing that, you know, when anytime you win or lose against somebody that you're going to play again, you got to go read back and you got to evaluate what happened in that game. And you got to make sure, you know, let's say, you know, you win the game by 16 points, you know, you, you know, you have a great success. You got to identify why you had it and what you did well. And then how, what are the things that you got to assume that they're going to try to take away from you and how you counter them. And then on the flip side, you know, you lose to a team, whether it be by one or 10 or 12 or 20, whatever it is, you got to identify what they took away from you or what they did well and how are you going to take that away from them and then anticipate the counters? And so what we would say with our kids, you know, we lost to a team and let's say we just struggled to contain them on the glass or, you know, we uh, we didn't force a lot of turnovers. You know, we got to make sure going in, we're going to do situations or drills and practice situations where we emphasize and maybe we can score it differently or compete differently to find ways to make sure we emphasize the things that we know we have to do the next time we play them to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you, uh, kids, I've always believed this kids love goals, kids love specifics, kids, kids struggle with ambiguity. Um, they just, they, you know, they don't want to be vague. And so, um, you know, you know, if we say, if I say something like, you know, we're going to, we, we have to block out better. I feel like I'm being really vague. And so, you know, when I say we're about to play team four again and team four was plus 12 on the offensive rebounds um, against us, particularly they got eight out of 12 of their three-point misses. We're going to say on every three-pointer, they get one shot. We're going to say they only get to shoot one three and we're going to win every long rebound. And I think when you're more specific about those types of situations, mm-hmm. um, I think it almost triggers in your kid's brain rather than just block out. They, they see, you know, and you can't do it for a lot. You can't do it for 50 things because you're older sure. the brain. But when you, when you specify what you have to do differently, I think kids respond to that. Yeah, I, I think that it's easier – just for a player to just understand specifically what's being asked of them. And then there's no ambiguity to sure. it. There's no like guesswork, like, Oh, okay. I have to do this specific thing. And for you also, it's really easy to measure whether or not it happened or not. There's no like, Oh, did they think they yeah. were doing the right thing or not? Mm-hmm. Like, no, like this is specifically what I asked you to do and either it got done or, or it didn't. And 
this kind of leads into kind of kind of the next next question that I was going to ask. When when your players know that you know that they they lost a tough game and they, and they know that whether it was to a team that upset them or or you know a tough team, mm-hmm. one of the challenges that coaches have is trying to get their players kind of like back on track and, and ready to to keep going and not being down after a loss. How do you as a coach just kind of make sure that, you know, things keep moving along and that they don't have that bad taste in their mouth uh, after a loss? Because as you said, in some cases, you know, they might have a game, you know, the very next day. Yep. Um, I, I think the big thing is you don't change what you do or who you are or how you do things. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes we worry about how we, after a win or after a loss, what does the next day look like? You know, for us, the next day always looks the same, no matter what. Um, you know, and I think what you just have to do when, and then when your kids lose a tough one like that, um, kids, kids, you need them to be honest with you, but you need them to also to, uh, or you need to be honest with your kids. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's, I think if you just are, and so a lot of times after we lose a tough one, I said we lost a really tough game. Uh, it's disappointing. We didn't play very well uh, in certain spots. Uh, and then we played really well at certain spots to help us get in it or whatever it may be. But, you know, you move on from it by doing the same thing and, and having your kids believe in that process. You know, whether you win them all or lose them all, you're only going to play, heck, this year you're not going to play that many. But in a normal year, you only play 35 games or so. And, and so it, it's a – and we work at this, you know, Coach, I'm sure, you know, with all you do, you probably work at this 364 <laughs> days out of the year. Um, you know, and so – uh, you know, you just can't you can't get too up or too down on one night or one shot or one buzzer beater that goes your way or doesn't. You know, um, and, and you know we the other thing we always talk about too is you know you think about a game where you know you think you dominated somebody. You know, you win by sixteen points. That means you won two possessions a quarter, and, and that's how close basketball is is margins. You know, you only won two possessions a quarter, and then you end up sure. winning by sixteen. And so, you know, the way we do it is you just approach it the same. You attack every day the same way. And if you attack every day the same way, I think your kids trust the process and they trust that um, these these wins or losses don't define them. Because I think when kids get too up or down, it's because they believe that that result defined, mm-hmm. defined them. Sure. And so, you know, um, and that's and that's so tough. And we, th- we as coaches do that, you know. Uh, <laughs> We think we're a great coach because we drew up a play and the ball went in late. Um, well, if the ball doesn't go in, then what kind of play was that, coach? That's a yeah. that's a dumb play, you know. And so uh, I, I think you just have to always do it the same so kids trust that there's something more to this rather than just the result. Sure. And I think a challenge that I know I, I had, especially when I was uh, just starting out with coaching, and I think, I think a lot of coaches – kind of go through this process as well is you know after a loss or two or or more than two in my case that I've been in my career is is the desire almost to like blow everything up and to think well you know my my this this two three doesn't work anymore this you know four out one in we gotta gotta blow everything up and maintaining confidence in in your identity so what was that process like for you where you're able to just sort of have that next day mentality and not 
you know, after a couple losses, think that, you know, you need to drop all new, you know, sideline out of bounds plays or new press breakers. How have you kind of maintained the course uh, personally as a coach? Uh, that's a great question. Like you said, experience, um, because I've been, you know, I, I, I was five years ago, I was at a school and we had 11 seniors. We had probably the best class that had come through there. Mm -hmm. You know, we started out three and oh, and then, or four and oh, I can't remember. We went on like a 13 game losing streak. Um, we ended up being, uh, unfortunately, we, we didn't do very well that year. We struggled. And, you know, we had five good guards. We were a five-out motion team. And, and then we went to a five-out flex. And then I brought up a younger kid that was a big, and we went to a four-out one in. And then, and then at the end of the year, I looked back, and what I learned is we weren't very good at anything. Um, we, we, were, we were bad at lots of different things. And I think that was the year personally. And like you said, I think that's experience. Um, and that's a tough, tough challenge. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so now we've kind of embraced this is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we play on defense. Offensively, we kind of adjust based off of personnel. But I can tell you right now, we're going to be a man defense, um, 99 possessions out of 100. And mm -hmm. you have to come at us. And our kids, I think uh, I had to gain confidence by honestly seeing some success. But at the same time, I had to gain confidence that, uh, I, I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was doing. Um, seeing kids get better at it and seeing programs get better and grow, uh, I think really was uh, something that I had to see is time. And, and trusting that you can't, you can't be good at everything in this. Um, mm -hmm. And you got to identify what you feel good about, what your kids can do, and then you got to stick with that. And if you're going to change it, you know, you got to make sure that uh, that you're willing to live with the fact that when you change something like that, you, you're really, you're, you're kind of getting rid of a long segment of what you've done and who you are. Yeah. And that's tough coach. Like you said, I, man, the only way I got through that was, was failing and, you know, uh, and I failed and failed and man, we threw, you would, you probably wouldn't be able to identify what offense or defense <laughs> we were in at the end of the year because we, we probably ran through the whole YouTube selection or you know uh that was a little before twitter but or before twitter was big i guess but yeah and and i had to fail that way to really understand that you got to trust with what you do and you got to trust who you are and you got to live with results and you got to be process driven sure and i think like you said that kind of comes with experience and just kind of growing your own knowledge in the game and and knowing what you're talking about like you mentioned that like i know that this can work or i have faith that mm -hmm. this process will work because of x y and z or like you said if experience because you've seen it work before as a coach and you know that like this is a system that works or a play that works or whatever the case may be but mm -hmm. yeah it definitely is hard especially as a younger coach if you don't have that experience to fall back on and like you said you're just going on youtube and ready to you know blow everything up every week yeah. which uh isn't isn't the best approach either to be taking uh, now no, i it, it, wanted to ask um, the, the idea about the pluses and minuses that you have is specifically in the way that you communicate to your players how they did in a game or whether mm -hmm. they were successful or not. Because I know for me personally, especially as a teenager, if I, if I knew I had like any minuses or anything negative, that's all I wanted to focus on and that's all I wanted to fix. And I would overcompensate like, oh, coach said I didn't take a charge. Well, I'm going to try and take 50 charges the next game. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you kind of parse through getting the information to your players without them 
being too overwhelmed with information or reacting inappropriately to it. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, when, when I we post their grades, I, I don't post how many minuses they get for each mm-hmm. question or each category, whatever it may be, you know. Um, what we do instead is when we watch film as we go through the game, and we don't always get to even watch the whole game. Time doesn't usually permit us, you know, we usually watch two quarters of a game, um, depending on the time and things like that. But what I'll do is I'll stop it and I'll say, hey, you know, right here, you know, what you call it, it's player D, your your minuses, you had five minuses last game. Three of them were for not jumping to the ball. And I want you to watch as we go through these next quarters where and why you didn't jump to the ball. And if you're struggling with something, what it is that you might be struggling is so we can identify and get better. But you get you didn't jump to the ball three different times and they ended up curling us for a layup. And, you know, that was three of your minuses. And so I think what that does then, and then we move on, we watch the films. So we don't identify necessarily every specific play. So I won't stop it, you know, and let that, that particular instance, that player, they got curled three times. I'm not going to stop it on the next two curls because we got, we got film and we got other kids that got to watch stuff. But that player then knows as he's watching it where his minuses came from and what, they, what he didn't do well. And so I think um, rather than harping on every single minus, so to speak, and say, oh, this is a minus, that's a minus, that's a minus, we try to tell them generally kind of um, where their minuses are usually coming from. Because a lot of times it's kids making – similar mistakes you know if that kid you mentioned that girl that didn't block out 20 times in a row you know I think a lot of times when we when I grade the film kids generally unfortunately make the same mistake often or have the same bad habit and it's about identifying those bad habits or or those things that they struggle with and then minimizing those Mm -hmm. and 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 I think that that is a trap that as a coach is a little easy to fall into where if I'm if I'm gonna watch film and I and I notice you know you know player J you know didn't didn't hedge on this screen properly like three times, then if I watch film again and I know okay great they corrected that mistake and now they've made these different mistakes that they didn't make last time well now I'm gonna get on that player for these different mistakes that they made versus like. I have to also make sure I acknowledge the things that they did well. So when you're watching film and you know that you brought something up to a player that they needed to fix, are you looking to see if they did fix that as well when you're watching film? Uh, you know, I think absolutely. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. identify, you know, from the previous game. And, you know, when we clip, we use, like I said, watch two quarters, but I usually clip probably mm-hmm. 20 possessions. And, you know, um, on all our film grade sheets, you know, it, it asks them, uh, they keep their own sheet at the end. It, says, you know, things that they did well and then things that they need to work on. Um, and they identify one of those nine things that they need to either get better at or continue to work on uh, or they did well or they need to work mm-hmm. on. And so from there, what we'll do is if I know particularly, like you said, player J didn't head to screen last game, but then in this game he does, well, what we're going to do is we're going to start with one of our first clips is player J hedging the screen. We're going to talk about that's a player that's being intentional about his improvement, that's getting better at something. We're going to highlight that early through the film session. Um, you know, we really try to start film a lot of times with positive. Yeah. Fill, fill the middle with correcting mistakes and end with positive. Um, you know, I try to sandwich 
positive um, and, you know, things that we did well uh, around kind of what we need to correct. Um, I don't always do that because, you know, to be honest, you got to earn positives too. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can't, uh, I don't think, you know, kids hate um, if, if they're not feeling like they're able to get better, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, true players, you know, uh, you know, the kids that you're going to want to go to, go to, go to games with and in the trenches with and things like that. They want to know that they're getting better. Uh, and so I think you, you, you still have to find your positives, but you got to find your correctable mistakes too. And, and do you want your players watching film? What sort of access do you want with your own players watching film? I know some players will watch, you know, everything and over and over and over again. I know some who wouldn't bother, you know, don't feel the need to watch it. What, what's kind of your, your belief on that? Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, players, players really enjoy watching themselves, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and they, they definitely enjoy certain things and, um, I, I, I'll ask them and from time to time, maybe later in the year, to, if we didn't have the time to watch certain things, um, I sometimes will ask them to watch some scout film to become a little bit familiar with an opponent. Um, but watching themselves, I, I kind of think the kids are going to do that on their own. They're going to watch <laughs> themselves. They're going to see themselves. They're going to watch and, uh, how they watch it, you know, obviously. I'd love them to watch it in the same analytical viewpoint that we do. But also, you know, I don't know if I'm going to win that battle. Uh, I think they're going to watch themselves get the steal and make the layup. So, um, and they'll replay that and post it and things like that. So I think really, um, if you want your players watching film on their own, you have to have some sort of, uh, uh, it's got to be treated just like the same way as a teacher, you give them an assignment, you know, uh, in terms of, I would have to ask them to return, and we, we've done this before, but you have to ask them to return a grade sheet or something that they've done themselves uh, to have some sort of accountability. With sure. And I, and I think that that is helpful almost to kind of encourage your players to maybe, maybe look at their film, especially the things that they do well, and you kind of emphasize that. I'm thinking just as like maybe a, a time-saving mechanism for coaches you know, if you really emphasize that you want your players to look at all the things that they do well, and, and you might emphasize some of them in your own film session, but then you don't maybe necessarily have to spend as much time kind of going over all the positives because you're encouraging your players to do that individually. Like, yeah. yeah, you can go watch yourself get that steal and get that like dunk or that layup or whatever. Great. Like, I want you to. But here in this particular film session, we're going to really focus on like the things that we need to do to get better. But like you said, you'll also maybe sprinkle in some things that they did well that maybe they wouldn't have noticed because, you know, some of the things that the players do well, I feel like sometimes they don't even know what they did or maybe they don't even know that they did it well. So uh, that could be a good time-saving mechanism as well, for sure. <clears throat> now, uh, we go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we try to highlight some hidden positives, you know, sure. um, in terms of, you know, we, we had a player early in the year, you know, we're playing a team and, and they're, they're running kind of this continuous motion and it's got a flex cut and a down screen. It's kind of flexish, but there's a little bit more screen the screener. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and we had a player kind of hang out on the flex cut to help his buddy out who didn't jump to the ball. And then he sprinted out to, to still close out on the, on the down screen and still got home in time. And, you know, we, and we, we spent probably – a full two minutes on that play alone, just highlighting here's a guy being unselfish. And, and you know, I think kids really appreciate that because they know what they're trying to do. 
and they're going to hear from everybody about their layup or mm-hmm. their three or their steal or their dunk. But and I think that creates kind of that foxhole mentality when, when you when you rave about those little plays that nobody sees and nobody really can recognize other than the people in there. I think it creates that mentality that the people in this locker room um, see and appreciate me and I'm going to see them and appreciate them. And I think you got to find those hidden true basketball positives to really make your kids embrace each other um, yeah. and where, where kids are being selfless. And so, you know, we, you know, without a doubt, they're going to watch themselves score 15 points or, you know, block a shot. <laughs> but when we find the positives, we're going to find those hidden plays somehow, you know, whether it's an offensive rebound tip or somebody doing something great defensively or an, an extra pass somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just, we're going to sell the heck out of that. Cause yeah. I think that creates that bond uh, that you got to have to be a really good basketball team. Sure. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and it's like you said, it's that those little things that, you know, it's kind of creates that connection there where like you saw it and maybe nobody else kind of realizes what mm-hmm. you did, but like, Oh, I, I picked up on it. I know why you did that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Do you, uh, it doesn't sound like you do, but I wanted to ask anyway, do you ever have games where you lose, where you just have that, like, I'm going to just throw away this game film. Like I, I, there's nothing of value here. Like I don't even want to look at this film or, or is every game, even every loss, like you're going to still break it down and, and make sure that you emphasize or uh, write down man. something. No, we're going to, um, we're going to watch them all. Um, <laughs> boy, there are times Many a times I've been in my career, I wanted to throw things away like that. But we're going to watch them all, um, you know, and uh, if we have a really bad one, we're going to watch more of it, you know. And always I tell them, I said, look, I had to watch this, so you're going to watch it too. (laughs) Um, And uh, But, no, we watch it all. We approach it all the same. Um, There's just too much value. And like we said, you know, we don't play too many of these. You know, we know we play a lot, but it's in such a short span. You know, last year in December, we played 19 games in December, you know. Um, and so, I mean, it was a wild month. But at the same time, you don't, you know, that's 19 is well over half your season. You just you just can't throw away these learning opportunities mm-hmm. um, as bad or as good as they've been. And I've had, you know, I'll put up my bad against anybody, but we still <laughs> get down and, and, and watch them and, and get better from them. Yeah. And, and, and like, like you said, it's, it, it can get tough and I'm sure pretty tedious, you know, if you're on that losing streak and you'd say you're on a, you're on 10 game losing streak and you're looking yep. at film of game eight and, you know, you kind of yep. have to kind of get yourself through it and, and kind of get things, you know, the, the way you, way you need them to be. But um, like, like you mentioned, you feel like that, that there's value in it and there, there's always kind of things to kind of, take away from it and if that's you know who you are and that's your identity then that's something that you need to stick with and you need to like keep yep. doing because that that's something that that you pride pride yourself on um i'm curious since you're the one who does you know the the, the breaking down and, and you're going through the pluses and the minuses how much do you then communicate to to your staff like what's the message that you give them i know you kind of talked a little bit about that i just wanted to circle back to that how do you kind of communicate what you saw and, and make sure that you hit what you needed to uh with your with your staff you know uh and and that's kind of in uh one of the things that uh where we're at uh like i said my staff is uh they're great guys and they do a heck of a job but when we do kind of, you know, they, 
I, we don't really truly have what we'd call a, a varsity assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of have their teams. And, and you know, what we'll do after a varsity game is we'll kind of discuss it. And they'll have their input. Um, and then what I'll take from the film and, you know, let's say we go with the pluses and minus minuses. What I may go ask them is say, hey, player L has been starting for us, but he's graded out at minus seven, um, you know, in the last or on average of minus seven, the last five games. And player player R is grading out at plus three. And so I'll ask them, I'll say, if you guys can, I want you guys to watch um, and practice today and really watch what you guys feel player R does better than player L or something like that. And I, what I'll try to do is try to get their input to either, um, you know, either confirm the bot what I'm seeing or to give me another viewpoint and make me maybe go back through the film and look at it in a different lens point. Mm. Um, you know, I've been fortunate. I have been on staffs where we have kind of an offensive coach or a defensive coordinator and, you know, we would split that plus minus. Yeah. And then we would compare our grades afterwards. You know, when I've been on staffs where we kind of had that luxury and we would kind of compare the two. Um, and in doing that, I think that one, it gives you way more eyes. And two, it lets you really truly evaluate what that player is. Is he just a one side of the ball player? Or does he actually really provide value to both sides? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I think really what we, what my guy, what our staff does a good job of, uh, our two assistants, they really are able to kind of look at and then provide their own opinion. Um, you know, I, the last thing that you can be on a staff and whoever's listening as an assistant coach or whatever, the last thing in the world is be a yes man. Be honest, be honest, be honest, and, and don't take it personal. Just be honest. And if you think player Jay isn't very good and doesn't need to play, say it. And then when player J gets on the floor, well, that's part of being the assistant. And, you know, but at the same time, you said your, said your opinion. And so, uh, and that's what my two, uh, our two assistants do a great job is being honest about things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's helpful in, in a couple ways for you is that you kind of do all the film and, and you get to go through your process, but then you're still, giving some responsibility and you're giving a task uh, for for the members uh, of your staff to do so that they still have some input in the process because because you're right I mean I know I've been there before where I get like tunnel vision and like I just see this and Mm -hmm. nothing can convince me otherwise unless somebody says something or somebody else sees something and I'm sure you've had experience of of that too where like you just see something a certain way and somebody else has to like say something to you or point something out to you. And that's like, oh, I, you know, I never would have thought of that or would have never seen that. And so I think overall, it just seems like it's, it's really important to just have assistants who, yes. like you said, are going to be honest and who you trust yourself and you trust what it is that they're going to say. Cause that's Absolutely. a whole nother, it's a whole nother different mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, they, um, and that's the thing. They're Glad honest you have about them, it. Though. Yes. Yes. No, they're honest work hard and they give me and they help they help and that's the thing throughout the season is just having people that can help either confirm and that that gives you the validity when you do have to make changes like we talked about earlier you know people saying hey coach this offense isn't very good that you've been running for two months and and what we when we do this right here it's a lot better but but you have to trust those people um and you got to have people in your corner to help you out with those types of decisions Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely 
Uh, last question before we hit our concluding segment. This is always a touchy one, I know, for, for people to think of, is, is that last game. You know, not many coaches get sure. to end with a win. <laughs> Most nope. of us end mm -hmm. with a loss. And so what, what does that film do for you? Is it used <clears> for something for next year? Is it, is it have – what purpose does it serve for you? What, what is that last game? If it ends in a loss for you, what, what does that film do for you as a coach? Well, I think it, uh, and, you know, it just goes to back to what we kind of already kind of hit a little bit of is, you know, why did we win and why did we lose? Sure. And, you know, obviously that's the question. Why did we lose? Um, and, you know, obviously when you have a good season, sometimes you lose because the other teams got a lot more talent than you. And, you know, you're going to run into that late in the year. And uh, if you're happy about how you executed your game plan and you're happy about how your kids have played and, you know, we ran into that last year. You know, we we I thought we we really had a good game plan. We played really well and um, in the in our regional semifinal game, and uh, we lost because the other team had a whole lot more talent than us. Um, and that was just the nature of where we were and how the game went. And that's okay. Um, we played really well and tried to execute what we needed to do to win the game. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think you have to you you have to always identify why you lost and. Once you identify why it is, if it's something that you can fix in the future, you do your best not to lose in that same way the following year. Mm -hmm. And so, um, by all means, every game has value. Uh, you know, I know those coaches that have never watched a game after they lost because it's too heartbreaking or too difficult, and I get that. It, you know, I totally understand that. But I just think there's too much value in learning from the games. Put the tape on, you know, and, and grind through it, and you're going to get value out of it. Mm. And with that, kind of as an additional question to that, once once that last game and if it you know ends in a loss and, and you've gone for the film and now it's you know time to go into your off season and, and go into that procedure, how much of the overall film that you watched that previous year does that have any effect on changes you might do in the off season or, or, you know, different types of books or clinics that you go to? How much does that film kind sure. of affect what you may or may not do the, the following year? You know, I, I think it really, um, you know, we'll do, I, I take into some of that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the big thing that you always have to look at is you got to look at who is in your district, who are the best teams in your district, or your league or your division, and how do you beat those teams mm -hmm. with your personnel? And, you know, us as high school coaches, or I don't, you know, obviously, I don't know who all's listening to this, but I'm assuming quite a few high school coaches, you know, our personnel changes, you know, we don't get to recruit always a certain type of kid and, you know, I'm not at Kansas, I don't always get to recruit <laughs> two bigs or West Virginia and be able to recruit elite perimeter defenders or, uh, you know, things like that. And so uh, you got to find the way, what does your personnel do best to beat the best teams on your schedule? And what you got to look at then is take that film and watch the best teams on your schedule and what your result was against them and how do you exploit what they do poorly and how do you minimize what they do well? And so uh, you always – you have to start with – the. I, I love w watching games that we win more than anybody. But you got to take the games uh, against the teams. You know, we have two teams in our district. Uh, you know, we're in districts here in Texas that are, are very, very good. They're always going to be in our district. They're 10 minutes away from us. Sure. Uh, they always have athletes. They're always really well coached. Well, we, I'm going to watch those games more than anybody else. Yep. And we're going to watch and we're going to find out what they do well and how do we – 
how do we minimize those? Um, and so I think you just, you have to attack film in that regard. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's important to, to always remember is that you're not, you know, reloading like a collegiate program necessarily. <laughs> and that you just have to take an honest reflection of who you got, who, who you're mm -hmm. playing. And, and I think that, I think that having, that mentality of, you know, just kind of maintaining that confidence in who you are and what you believe in so that maybe you'll make the minor tweaks and minor changes. But even for, for me, the thought of just like completely overhauling everything just because of something that may have happened the past year, I think that that wouldn't personally work for me. But um, like, like you said, I think that there's always some value that can be taken away from film and, and there's always, you know, little tweaks and changes. And maybe you will find that there's something you need to completely change, but um always can always get better and always can at least tweak something i think that, that that's for sure absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely but like you said the last thing is is you know when you're running a program is is to try to overhaul um <laughs> you know i i can't you know like i said i, I don't um you know it, it's one of those things you got to really identify what your team does well and what the other sure. teams that you have to beat don't do well yeah and, and and that's and that and when you do that, you got to put your kids just in positions to be successful, and understand what types of kids that you have. Um, and you know where we're at, we've got really good, hardworking kids. We've got some athletes. We've got kids that that grind in the gym, and so we're gonna. But but we don't necessarily always have some of the same you know rangy perimeter athletes that mm -hmm. other guys have. Uh, so us putting in and installing you know a full diamond pressure. Uh, in March and April isn't putting our kids in, you know, we're, we're not going to come out in January and do that. So, uh, but at the same time, there's always things that we can adjust and do better. Sure. No, no, I, I've had a coaching friend of mine who, who kind of shared the story. He was on a staff of a coach who wanted to, you know, blow everything up in the off season and completely install something brand new on offense and brand new on defense, but they had, I think it was six returning like seniors and five of them were starters. And he was telling me like, yeah, we can do this, but you have this system that was, that was working, but you know, maybe just wasn't getting them through this next ceiling, but they wanted yeah. to re revamp and rehaul everything. And then he said, I think they won like five games that year or something, oh. <laughs> you know, like, but I, I get it. Like I, I get the, that yep. like temptation of like, okay, like sure. we're, we've only hit this certain level at this system. Yep. So let's completely blow everything up. But then all of a sudden you <laughs> realize it isn't yep. always greener on the other side. Right. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Every decision that she always ask, you know, is always kind of the phrasing that we use is does this, uh, does this decision either raise our floor or does it raise our ceiling? Because mm -hmm. I always, I always believe that, you know, you want to do both, but a lot of times in coaching, it's a trade-off sure. in terms of, and like what you mentioned, yeah, you know, you might raise your ceiling by putting in this new offense or new defense, but you also lowered your floor. And so if that new offense and new defense doesn't work, you end up, like you said, winning five games. <laughs> and, and so in every decision, we always kind of ask, is this a raise a floor decision or is this a raise a ceiling decision? Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and then when you raise the floor, you know, we all want to, but it also lowers your ceiling. Sometimes you got to raise the floor just to kind of get through and grind and get your kids in a spot that the, you know they can at least be competent and successful. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, but we all want to make, raise our ceiling installs and we all want to play faster and we all want to shoot more and we all want to do things like that. <laughs> do <it> um, <laughs> yes, we all want to do all that. We all want to press and we all want to play fast and play 15 kids and, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and but at the same time, you, you know, you always have to look at it in that those two lenses kind of mm -hmm. the ceiling floor analogy. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, hundred percent agree. I think that so much has to be taken in consideration because of course we want to do everything, but we also have limits <laughs> on, on our time and, and so do the players, they have limits and how much time they can give as well, especially if we're at the high school level. Yeah. Yep. So uh, to wrap up coach, there's a couple of questions I ask every guest. So uh, the first one is what is a coaching moment of yours from your career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? You know, I, Oh, when you emailed me this question, you know, I could have, uh, I, I went through a whole bunch of questions, you know, and I, you know, obviously some high moments and some low moments and, and, and things like that. And uh, I think that the moment that I think I, I would tell other coaches that I, I learned the most from was um, really, you know, I, I, had a, I had a group of seniors this past year um, and, you know, we had a great season and great time and a lot of success. But I think really when I looked back at it is, is the success that we had is because I put a lot of time and energy into them as people, not as basketball players. And I think that's one of the things as somebody as analytical and as film watching and X and O as me, um, and nobody loves that stuff more than I do. Uh, and it's cliche, but you got to put time into your players. Um, and you got to put time into them as people. You got to find out. Um, and, and you don't need to always know every detail. You know, I don't know uh, every player on my team, who they're dating, or <laughs> I don't know their, their Snapchat handle and all that other kind of stuff. But I do know kind of what makes them tick, or I try to find out and what they want to do one day and who they are or who they want to be. And uh, I know a little bit about their families and I want to learn more. And um, I, I think you got to invest time into people and, you know, I don't always did, I don't think I always did a good job of that as a young mm. coach. And so, um, you know, it, it's cliche and you hear it all the time at clinics and you read it all the time in books. And there's a reason it's, it's always written there is, is you got to put time into these players as people. Uh, sure. it's, it, you know, it, they're not just a, they're not just a letter on the whiteboard and, um, and that's challenging, I think, as coaches, because we want, man, we, we love this ball so much. We love it. It's, it, it's so special. We want it to be right. Uh, but it's not going to get right if you don't truly put that time in, into them as people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's truly a, it's a different type of investment, especially at the high school level versus, you know, at other levels with the amount of things that are happening in their lives and the amount of yep. growth and development that they have as people and, and, uh, you know, that, that saying about, you know, what you put in is what you get out. I mean, there's a reason why that, that saying is as popular as it is because, you know, how much you invest in them, uh, you usually get that in return, even if it isn't necessarily in basketball, but just you'll get, you'll get something uh, out of that relationship in return. And, and you never know like what effect you'll have on that player and, and what that would mean meant to them to put as much time and energy in, in investing in them uh, as people. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And uh, to, to wrap up, Coach, I give every guest what I call a 60-second soapbox. It's a platform for you to get out your final thought, your closing message, kind of your final idea that you want to leave uh, the listeners with. So, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you the floor. Well, 
you know, I, if you listen this long, uh, I appreciate it because I can promise you, you know, it. Uh, well, number one, you're doing yourself a great service and you're trying to get better. And I hope you got something from this. But um, what I would say is all of you guys that have listened to this uh, and are continuing to get better, don't let your results of whatever this season ends up define you. You know, I, I've I've personally I've had a year we I've gone two and 20 and I've had a year or, you know, we took a team to the furthest in school history. You know, I've had playoff appearances and I've lost by 70. You know, I've, I've won by 50 and, and I've had a lot. And the thing that, you know, that I've had to get better at is, is not letting results define me, who I am as a person, as a coach. And so mm -hmm. if you're here and you're grinding and you're working, you're on a podcast, you're obviously investing your time. Um, cause I can promise you, nobody that's listening to this podcast doesn't love basketball. Um, you know, if you listen to this much about film watching, so don't let whatever result, whatever happens on next Tuesday or next Friday or next Saturday night or whatever night you guys play again, uh, whether you win or lose, if you put your kids in a position to be successful, uh, you prepared them the right way. Uh, however, the ball bounces is however the ball bounces, but it doesn't define you as a coach because you're already doing a lot to put yourself in a position to be successful. Great, and and couldn't agree more. That there's, as, as you mentioned, there's a lot of a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. But if you're continually looking to get better, then good things happen. If you're willing to put in that much to to get better, whether it's listening to podcasts, uh, reading books, whatever the case may be, breaking down film, <laughs> that that yep. time you put in, it will make a difference. And the more you spend getting better the better you're going to be for, for your players and, and give them the experience that they should have for, for their high school or collegiate career or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I, I really like that thought a lot. That was great. And, and Coach, uh, I want to thank you for spending some time talking about film, talking about more uh, than just film and, and all the other topics and, and points that we covered. It was a really good conversation, so I want to thank you for that. Uh, best of luck going forward. As I mentioned off air, you're probably the first guest that I've had who's actually in the trenches right now, in the season right now. So good luck with your uh, games that are coming up very soon. So Coach McCaslin, thank you so much. Best of luck going forward. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on. It was a blast. I right. appreciate it, Coach. Thank you, and thank you for all of you who listened. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.